have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. It's amazing how far water will travel once it enters someplace on the roof. It, it, it's always surprised me. It's rare that you find a leak exactly where a hole may be or where there's a bad shingle, for example. So my, my guess is if you continue to fight this and you know your basement is dry, uh, that you've got a, a, a problem elsewhere. It's either from a plumbing line or it's coming from that roof. And since you know you have some roof problems, I'd venture to say when you re-roof that house, you're going to find the source and you're going to eliminate this. Do you have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He's here weekends at this time answering the questions that are important to today's homeowner. If you'd like to join us, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can always reach Ken at one 800 614-2975. That's 1-800-614-2975. Or you can post your questions online to our website, kenthecontractor.com. Along with Ken Patterson, I'm Jim Britton. Thanks for making us part of your weekend. You know, all around the country, all of us are realizing that we not only bought the inside of our house, we bought the outside and we bought the yard. We're trying to bring, in many cases, the yard in and the inside out. And the way we're doing that these days is looking at something that falls under a very broad term called hardscaping. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about some of these elements because people have asked me, what is hardscaping? We understand landscaping. That term, the plants, the technology related to that have been around for decades, if not centuries. But hardscaping in the way we use it today can be something that's confusing, if not uh, maybe even a little terrifying to some of you that hear the term but and want to spend some money but don't know how. So let's talk for a moment about hardscaping and just the general principles of what's involved in it. Now, we don't have enough time on this particular show to talk about every element, so I want to give you an overview. First, when we're dealing with hardscaping or the term, it can involve sidewalks, driveways, patios, decks, and we can continue on with that. These are some of the most common items, though, or areas that we see around our homes. And most of us have grown up, if you had a driveway growing up, it was paved, it was asphalt, maybe it was stone, maybe it was concrete. But today, driveways, not unlike sidewalks and patios, are becoming an architectural part of our yard, areas that we live in, areas that we find we can allow to serve for multiple purposes. Also, there are elements in our yards that years ago we would not have thought about, and that includes those of us that have flat yards, not just on the hillside, and that is retaining walls. And they may, you may know this by different terms. They may be landscape walls, but in many cases they are retaining walls because we tend to plant behind them. We're going to put earth, topsoil behind that. If we're not retaining an actual earthen berm or part of a hillside, we tend to fill those so that they are still retaining the soil. So retaining walls have become an integral part of our outside that is now area that we live in. Also, other elements that come into play in hardscaping are fencing materials. And fencing is not just fencing anymore. We have gazebos, pergolas, water features, ponds, swimming pools, outdoor cooking equipment. Now, there used to be just the old charcoal grill or hibachi that we'd set around, we'd cook the steaks, the hamburgers, and we'd move on through life the rest of the day. Now we are seeing full kitchens become part of our outdoor hardscaping presentation and the way we live during the warmer months of the year, outside. We're also looking at lighting. We're not talking about just turning those spotlights or floodlights on the corner of the house anymore. We're talking about uplights on trees and shrubs, lights within our water features, whether it's a swimming pool, a, a pond, a fountain. We're talking about ground 
walk and landscape lighting, very, very significant part of the hardscaping landscaping package in the outside of our homes today. Another item that has taken a huge, huge change or over the last at least decade is outdoor furniture. Remember the days of the old uh, wooden chairs that you had to paint every so many years, the, the Adirondack chairs or the old folding aluminum chairs? I can remember a day in my flat backyard in the subdivision where maybe there was one tree because maybe. in most cases, most uh, developers would come in and wipe out all the trees to build the houses and there were these, these little cookie cutter uh, plots for yards, but there was one piece of furniture, outdoor furniture you had and it was? The Adirondack chair. No. Probably for you or for kids, it would be the swing. The picnic table. Okay, you had that to was have it. one of those. Okay, I can remember the swing, the Adirondack chairs, the folding aluminum chairs. Do they uh, even sell picnic tables anymore? Yeah, they do. But okay. today they're plastic or they're fiberglass. You, they're not the old pressure treated or basic wood that lasts two or three years. So you look at furniture and how much it has changed so much for our outdoor living. We bring other elements into hardscaping, such as stone and brick pavers. And yes, even when hardscaping is considered, we're looking at outdoor steps. We're looking at curbs, curb and gutters around our drives and sidewalk. If you can think of it in terms of an element, it's out there. Now, some of the products that are that make up all of these today, this is why it's so difficult when you start making decisions. There are so many things for you to consider. But we're dealing with stone. We're dealing with wood, both natural, such as redwood, untreated, treated materials. We're dealing with concrete, block, brick, clay products, plastic, aluminum, composite, specialty items that, manu- that are manufactured today for our decks and our fence materials. Glass, fiberglass, stainless steel. If you can think of it, the industry has brought it outside, made it so that it lasts a long time, working hard to make most of these products user-friendly so that you and I can do it ourselves, and we'll take our indoor living outside when the weather's right. Big, big money in this industry nationwide. You know, the thing that surprised me, I was at a home show around the first of the year in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and there were a lot of these folks with these exhibits, and there there were two things that I was just amazed at, the amount of money people are willing to spend on. One, basically taking their kitchen outdoors. Taking the kitchen, big dollars. Not just a grill anymore. Oh, it is not just the grill, but the refrigerator, the sink, everything. Right, and the other one is the element of electronics, including televisions, Big screen, high definition televisions that can be viewed outdoors in the sunlight and the can, rain and the rain, the humidity and the moisture. Exactly, and also all the wireless uh, components that allow you to bring speakers and music and everything to almost any place in your yard with no wires. Clearly, we're a high tech society. We love our gadgets, our bells and whistles, and that's where the tech industry has gone. Obviously, they have fulfilled all of our wishes on the interior. But they see we're living outside. So if you don't have a pool, that doesn't matter. You may have a water feature, a patio, a gazebo. All of these are features that are available for you today. And the good thing about it is the technology advances so rapidly that we have seen the prices drop considerably just in the last couple of years on so many of these items because more of us are buying it. Well, you know, and the other one that I don't think I've seen a water feature that's been put in probably in the last five to seven years that did not involve running water. It's the single biggest element I've seen in all these water features. Now people like to hear that soothing sound of trickling water. And we recognize that. And you see all types just like I do. And and for most of us, it's not something that is a deal killer. It's not cost prohibitive because they start very small to something that can go in the corner of your back porch to half your yard if that's what you're interested in. So we talked just in very general terms about hardscaping. One of the things I want you to take into consideration is when you get ready to to undertake this outdoor project and start living outside, 
you want to develop a plan, and I want to encourage you. And we'll talk more on other shows about this. I just wanted to introduce hardscaping to you today. But you want to develop a plan that is a long-term plan. Most of us cannot do everything we'd like to have in our yard at one time. So you develop a master plan, work with a local professional to do so, and then determine what needs to be done first so that as you come back later to do phase two, three, and four, you're not undoing and wasting money already spent. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? You can always reach Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, at 800 614 Coming up this hour on this edition of Ken the Contractor, about a half hour from now, Ken will tell you about a new roofing material that can withstand hail. And also, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk about new decking materials with someone from Trex. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. If you have a question for Ken, Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, you can reach him at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can forward questions to his website, KenTheContractor.com. Time for us to go to the phone lines right now. Let's go to Reading, Pennsylvania. That's where Vince is. He joins us next. Hi, Vince. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Well, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Glad you could be with us today. How can we help? My daughter purchased a house, um, and it's a uh, something over a 100-year-old house. And uh, after uh, thorough inspections, the only real issue that remains is a, uh, a foundation issue on the inside of the house. So this typical 100-year-old house, uh, stone, built-up stone foundation, everyone agrees is, is uh, certainly not going anywhere, no sagging, no other issues. But the mortar... Um, slash finishing, I'm not sure what to call it, on the inside of the house has some, uh, has some issues. You can actually see areas in the, in the basement where you can see through to the, to the stone. It has been, uh, there have been attempts over the years to both cover it and obviously patch that. So I'm looking for what the right thing to do is going forward. I've, I've heard suggestions that you know, perhaps you just go ahead and, and break up what's loose and remortar it. Uh, and other cases where it was suggested you frame it out and seal it with some sort of a, a basement uh, or a spray that could be put in uh, after it's been framed up. You know, both of those, I, I will admit, are valid alternatives, but they don't solve your problem. They really mask the problem or tend to cover it up. It, it, it's not going to go away. Basement issues, water issues in our homes just don't heal themselves. A couple of questions for you is this, the stone is not exposed on the inside the way you described to me, but it, apparently there is a smooth or a plaster coat that covers the stone and the mortar? True. Uh, I don't know whether or not that was original um, or whether that was an addition um, after the fact, but there, the, the vast majority of it, there's only two or three places where you can actually see the stone from uh, plaster, mortar, whatever uh, has broken off. Well, that would have been a typical finish of the day or at least somewhere in the earlier life of this home to go in and put a smooth or plaster coat over this because you tell me there's some there's some patchwork that has been done in places and apparently it has cracked, it has perhaps flaked, come loose, and the water is coming out in those locations. Uh, that's an interesting point. Um, uh, I, um, based on some suggestions, my daughter had this house inspected uh, not once but twice um, and there don't appear to be uh, major water issues, and I'm not suggesting that, that there wasn't some issue um, at some point, uh, but uh, there's no salting, 
uh, obvious salting. Uh, there's no mold. Um, it's been inspected for that. Um, a lot of dust. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think there might, there might have been uh, some uh, water issues in the past, and I'm not suggesting that under a really heavy downpour there might not be still some, uh, some issues coming through. They're on a hill. Um, the, uh, the, the downspouts and the water from that house, are it's, it's actually pretty easy to keep it away, and there doesn't appear to be anything. Uh, there's no way I could imagine that the water could come up um, from from the floor from the floor. Um, so, if there were, and I and and you know, it's frequently the case, uh, water issues it doesn't appear to be uh, major water issues at this point. Well, that's positive. At least you're not you don't have an indoor swimming pool, or she does. <laughs> no, no, no indoor swimming pool. <laughs> and some people do, and that's an issue. I've got to mention a couple of things to you, and and one may exist there, another is a fairly new product on the market that I would recommend to you that's used largely in the industrial world. But first off, if there is a sump or a sump pump or a hole for a sump pump inside there, I would suggest that you make sure that's either functional or install one because it can relieve the water pressure that will come in around that and from the bottom. Uh, this is old enough that it's not likely to have any type of a foundation drain system, drain tiles, backfilled with stone, unless there was retrofit work done on it some years later. And since you're saying there's not a major water issue, perhaps that was the case. That's pretty invasive, and especially in an older structure, if you start excavating around the outside with these stone foundations, it's possible, in, in uh, my experience, to do more damage than good. If you undermine some of the soil that helps to support this, you could create some bulging or other issues. So in an old structure, I don't typically recommend it unless there is an, just an extreme water issue, and you're not describing that to me. So a couple of things that I would think you could do. First off, if there is a sump or a place to put a sump pump in, you may want to introduce that. So in these heavier rains, as the groundwater moves in around the building or the foundation and under the floor slab, you are relieving that hydrostatic pressure. You're creating a weakened point, pump it up to a discharge through a pipe on the outside of the home. But secondly, something you can do for the outside, and you said the, the gutter and downspout system seem to be functional. The downspouts convey the water away from the home. In, yeah, in, yeah it, right. it, it, that appears to be okay. So the slope of the ground around the house is positive away from the house, correct? It's higher? Oh, very much so, Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people let that go, and that's an issue. But the way you're describing it, I think that's fine. That was very natural. It's on a hill, um, it, it, and the slope in the front of the house is down. There's a slope uh, towards the back edge, but that seems to be wrapped around the house reasonably well. Um, again, we'll have to wait for the big the big rain to see what actually happens, but uh, it seems to be reasonably well. Okay. There's a, a fairly new product in the marketplace that's been used uh, in industrial applications to help convey water away from structures that have similar problems to what you're describing. And it's called Colbond, uh, Colbon, C-O-L-B-O-N-D. Now, I'm going to send you to a website. You can learn a little more about it. You may find an applicator in the Reading, Philadelphia area that could help you out with this. But if you go to colbond-usa.com, and I've done a lot of industrial and commercial work, so I tend to track these products and have used so many of them over time in different applications as well. But this is a horizontal membrane. It's designed for collecting water, and it's not like a sheet of plastic, but it's designed to collect water. It's designed to be underground 8, 10, 12 inches so you can put plants on top of it. It collects water around the perimeter of the house and moves it 8, 10 feet away from the house into a collection pipe. So it's not invasive, meaning you're not having to over-excavate the basement. And it really keeps the area immediately around that basement quite dry, unless it happens you have to have a, a lot of rock 
uh, strata where water moves horizontally. But okay. If it's primarily clay, soil, shale, uh, those type items, this will move, collect the water, put it in a drain system. Again, it's just below the grade. It's like piping your downspouts, and then that water discharges feet away from the house and reduces the hydrostatic pressure and keeps that soil a little drier. But it's okay. worked very effectively in uh, large commercial and industrial applications, so it certainly would apply here. Okay. It sounds like you're considering the open areas on the inside of the house to almost be cosmetic and that you would yeah, just I, Well, I want, to come, I want to come back to that. First, I wanted to deal with the problem, and that is water coming in from the outside. Okay. Now, on the inside... The plaster walls, and I'll use that term figuratively, the way you're describing it, but right, the plaster or parged walls certainly can be repaired. There's a lot of materials that uh, bentonite and others that you can apply to the stone that expands and keeps water from coming in. And you, there are systems uh, such as a seal tight, a dry lock, and others that can be surface applied and rolled on that r- will repel a degree of hydrostatic pressure. So those are some user-friendly things you can do. It doesn't deal with the water issue outside. It may eliminate, especially if it's a small amount, it will probably eliminate your issue on the inside. Okay. So I hope that's helpful to you. Good luck, and we thank you for your call. Well, thank you. Take care. Take care. Vince, thank you very much. We appreciate your call. Don't forget, if you want to reach Ken the Contractor, you can reach Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, anytime at 800-614-2975. Email him questions also to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. A lot of great home improvement information available at that site. We'll take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. This is Ken the Contractor. A house is what you build, a home is what you make it. I'm Jim Britt along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. If you have a question, you can email your questions to the program at KenTheContractor.com or you can give us a call at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Time for this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. Each week, Ken brings you information about products and services from companies and experts he interviews during his travels to make life better, provide options, and most importantly, to save you money. My next guest is Sean, and Sean is joining us today to talk a little bit about a new product that Trex has out. Sean, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Trex is always on the cutting edge of decking products. They took the lead many years ago Mm -hmm. when we started moving away from pressure-treated materials, Mm -hmm. more maintenance-free items. Tell us a little bit about a new product that's called Trex Elevations. Trex Elevations, yes. This is a very exciting year for Trex. We, um, a couple years ago, introduced the uh, Transcend line, which not only has a 25-year warranty, has a 25-year stain and fade warranty, great railing products that are very appealing. Now we have a substructure called Trex Elevations that's made out of steel. Instead of selling just a 25-year surface like we have in the past, we can, with confidence, sell to our consumers a 25-year deck. So the substructure underneath is a system that we created. It's very, very easy to work with and, and, and use. So we're very excited this year with the product. To be clear, there's no misunderstanding. When you're talking about substructure, you're talking about what holds up the deck boards Absolutely so that everybody correct. understands yeah. it. Because, again, the Trex product has been outstanding as mm-hmm. far as the decking material goes, but now you're dealing with the entire structure, the joists, the rim boards, everything that it takes to support the decking board itself. Yeah, absolutely. And Trex Elevations is a, is a simple design with three components, and we're able to cover whether it's a deck that's a 10 by 12 to one that's multi-level, 1,000 square feet, with these three components that we have created in the system. We're able to build uh, any scenario out there. So great support, greater spans. It's 
stronger, it's straighter, and it's a lot smarter for the consumer today, especially from that warranty standpoint. I mean, they tell us they want warranties, and if we can give them confidence that we can provide a 25-year deck warranty rather than just a 25-year surface warranty, it's, it's great times for the Trex company. So that says they can install this one time and not have to think about it for 25 years. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, is there any maintenance on this other than just getting rid of the normal air pollution? If they're in a shady area, still maybe some mold or mildew that develops on the surface, but you're washing it down. Is that the extent of it? That's the extent of it. There's no mold is- issues with the steel because it's not a porous product, so the, the mold cannot grow with inside it. So standard maintenance is, you know, you, you get dirty water, it falls in it from snowstorms or, or various Basic air conditions. pollution, soot if yeah, you're in an area sure. with a lot of fireplaces, Absolutely. ash, whatever. But this is no different than maintaining your car then, basically. Absolutely. So if you can take care of the surface of your car, you can take care of this deck. You don't worry about the cupping, the twisting, the warping, the splitting. Now, this yep. goes together with fasteners that are installed one time and they stay there, and no they nails there. backing out. Yes, absolutely. You know, and you had a product that when you, when you say that the, the straightness of it, uh, we go back to the, the railing. You know, you, you put a railing post up and, and you're confident that railing post is going to give a nice feel to it. You know, 10 years down the road, you had a deck that's 10 feet off the ground. You don't want to grab your railing post and fill it, fill it uh, loose and, you know, or, or, you know, while back and forth a few inches. So it corrects that and it's uh, just a strong product that's uh, very lightweight and, and very user friendly. Now you talk about railings. This is a complete system. You're talking about yep. the support all the way up to the finished cap, the handrail itself, the steps. This is a system. It's a complete system, yeah. Because so many of our listeners out there, and I know even as a builder, there were years that we could buy components. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you remember mm-hmm. the early years of Trex? You sure, had the deck yeah. board, but we didn't yeah. have rails. We didn't That's have right. treads. We That's didn't right. have risers. We no. didn't have the support structure. And now you've run, you run the full gamut where it is a total deck by one manufacturer, Maintenance-free, 25-year warranty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from the fascia to even adding some ambiance to the deck with our new deck lighting. There's uh, a lot of new SKUs with the product uh, with Trex, the company today, and, yeah, we can provide it all for the homeowners. Now, is this a product that's geared largely for people like me, for the professionals that are out there, or is this something that the do-it-yourselfer can tackle on? Yeah, absolutely. We we've, we have several customers that, you know, homeowner decide, I, I want to build this myself, and we have a install manual that walks through the entire process from start to finish, and and we, the comments behind the the manual have been very positive. The, just the, f- the feedback is is outstanding from everybody we talk to. It's, it's not necessarily the professional. I mean, it's it's a product that we feel anybody could use. So certainly that's most yeah. common. These are people out here just building decks, yeah. contractors building sure. them as part of the homes. But if you're in an existing home or you want to replace that old pressure treated deck that's mm-hmm. an eyesore these days yeah. and perhaps unsafe. This is the product they need to be investigating. Absolutely. absolutely. Take out what they've got, start over, put it in one time, forget about it for That's the next right. two and a half decades. Yeah. And one fascinating piece with it, the system is it's very basic, so we're not, we're not asking you to change the way you frame today. You know, so if you are an experienced builder, all the same principles apply, but rather than using like a two-byte treated wood, you're going to use the Trex Elevation joist or, or beam. So no special tools, no nothing special unique. Tools. Nope. You basically use different uh, blades. You can take a standard saw that a builder would carry every day and remove the, the wood blade and put in a uh, ferrous uh, carbide tip blade. As simple as that.
Wow, that's outstanding. Yes. Sounds like something simple enough even I can do it. Yeah. Now, you mentioned a moment ago lighting. What yes. are some of the other products that are being revealed but during the course of this year yep. to the builder and the consumer? As I mentioned, the lighting, very attractive uh, LED uh, product. Come over and see that. It's really unbelievable. There's the full system there. we got pergolas to offer this year. There's trim board. Uh, we have a new porch board that kind of interlocks together to create that, you know, where there's not a gap between the boards. Uh, very attractive. So it's something to see as well. All these designed for outdoors, ready for the moisture, the snow, the rain, it doesn't matter. It's ready to make your life easy and to look good throughout the year. Trex, a product I've talked about many times. You'll continue to hear me discuss this over the years. If you have any other questions about the Trex products we're talking about today, where do they find out about this? Yeah, you can go to trex.com. Uh, we have uh, online, you'll have the charts for the uh, elevations product as well as all the information with our composite decking. Like they said, the transcend line, the railing, the lighting, uh, the, the pergolas that we offer, and all the other various products. Trex.com, that's your source for deck materials yep. as you move into the warmer season. Yep. Sean, thanks for joining us Absolutely. today. Thanks for we having me. We appreciate you being here. Yep. And once again, that's this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken, the contractor. And, Ken, uh, these uh, Trex products and other similar products have really exploded. If you've spent any time either restaining or having to redo a deck with warp boards or power washing, you really see the value of these things, and their quality has improved dramatically. Well, that's a fact, and they, they've also introduced so many more products than they had in the early years where it was limited to the deck boards. And that's what Sean was, is talking to us about the, and when it comes to the rails, the steps, introducing lighting. So if you're trying to eliminate the maintenance, and we talk occasionally about hardscaping, and that includes decks, if you want something that's maintenance-free, that you can enjoy, that's easy to clean, then you want to look at these type products, do it one time, and that's it. Now, for those of you that are constantly looking at price point, I'll tell you, you're typically going to spend more money for this up front, but you do it one time. Well, and I think the other thing is just the overall look and appeal. They had kind of an institutional look, uh, but now they've gone into so many different types of uh, designs and, and other things, they can really be striking almost to the point that I'll bet you more than a few people have walked up and done the little tap test to say, is it real? Is this wood or is this That's some right. type of synthetic? That's where product? they are. They've done, they've done a really good job with that. Don't forget, each week Ken brings you one-on-one with Ken the Contractor as he talks with uh, companies and also experts to try to help make your life a little bit better, also provide you a lot of different options on your home improvement projects, and, of course, save you money. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. If you'd like to be part of our program, there are a couple of different ways that you can join us each week. Uh, you can join us with a phone call at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or email us at KenTheContractor.com. Also, don't forget, you can follow friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. I'm Jim Britt. Each weekend, and Ken is here answering the questions that are important to today's homeowner. If you'd like to join us, you can. 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Before we go back to the phones, time for this week's edition of In the News, something that's very timely, Ken, particularly for folks who found themselves dealing with these very severe storms throughout the course of the summer, which has unfortunately included a lot of hail. Well, and we're seeing a lot of damage across the country this year. A few weeks ago, we introduced to you a new shingle product that is fire-resistant, fire-retardant. 
Got another one that has just been released. This comes to us from uh, Boral Roofing, which is the nation's largest provider of clay and concrete roof tiles. They have just introduced what they call the Class 4 Hail-Rated Storm Series Roofing Solution. Now, this is a weather and impact-resistant roofing option designed for high performance in hailstorms. And there are many of you listening to us, whether you're in the Midwest, the Deep South, the East, that have experienced severe hail just recently, and you understand that that can not only damage the shingles, but you can actually have structural damage on your home. Now, this storm series has been awarded the highest hail performance certification recognized in the industry. It's also a sustainable roof system. The storm series provides energy efficiency benefits and insurance cost savings. These are things that are important to all of us. So if you're in the market for a new roof or you're building a home and you happen to be in a part of the country where hail is a constant issue to you and there's storm damage from this, you may want to talk to your insurance agent about what kind of savings can be affected what you will see by putting this certified resistant uh, roof up there for hail damage, and that's by Boral Roofing. Spell that uh, just a... B-O-R-A-L. So ask your local supplier or your roofing contractor for this product if you're in need of it. That's right. Or you can give them a call or drop them a note online and tell them Ken the contractor said to get in touch. Right now we're going to go to the phones at 800-614-2975, and Gary joins us. Hey, Gary, you're on the air with Ken the contractor. Hello, Ken. Hi, thanks for calling today. How can we help you? Uh, I got a concrete problem. I know you was on uh, air a couple of weeks ago about talking about staying in concrete and whatever, and I uh, got about 5,000 square feet of sealed concrete area, and the sealer is put on very uneven. So some places we've already wore it off, and some places there's plenty of sealer left. And I've had a couple people look at it, and they say the only way I can get it is to come in there with sand, with a sander, and sand every, sand all the sealer off everywhere, and come back and treat it like new concrete, put an acid etch or stain or whatever on it. I was wondering whether you had any other options. You want to know if I have any shortcuts? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, five thousand square feet of sandpaper is a lot of sandpaper, I, a lot of dust. Yeah, but. I'm gonna tell you, you have at least four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine square feet more of an issue than some other folks may have. <laughs> is, is this a shop or a commercial application? Since it's, it's, it's a size, it's, okay, it's commercial. Yeah, and the area, no doubt, that is worn is in your high traffic areas, at your walk doors, your overhead doors, maybe down the aisles if you've got product stored. Right, right. Uh, what it was when they put the sealer on, they put Put it on with squeegees. Yeah, and you can actually see where the when it ran around the edge of the squeegee, you got a little. You, you've got ripples uh, in it in some places. Yeah, almost. I got ripples, ripples, and yeah, whatever. You, you, and you have such when a. When you high, try to clean it, yeah, when you try to clean it, it always looks like it's dirty. Yeah, you have such a high mill thickness buildup. It probably was put on too thick the first time around. Is the reason you're seeing some of that. Typically. To build up, you should do multiple coats rather than just one very thick coat that's there. I am going to offer something to you that may help you with your problem in the short run, but in the long run, if you want to have a good, clean, uniform look throughout the entire floor, you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you, but you're going to have to take some of the other experts up on their advice, and that is to go in and have it sanded down and removed down to the bare concrete and then have it put on correctly. But overall, if you're happy with the performance, maybe not the look, but the performance of the sealer in the other areas, and it's doing what it should by eliminating some of the dusting and still making it easier to clean the floor, you can do what they're suggesting to you by taking just your worn areas. I would mask those areas off, my aisleways, my overhead doors, my walk doors, 
and then go back and strip that down and then build it back up, applying the sealer in the right fashion. But this is no different than carpet or tile, even in a home or office building. You're going to have these wear patterns. That's going to be in an area, too, that you can help reduce the current problem by maintaining it long run, maybe going back and resealing it, recoding it once every couple of years, depending on your traffic pattern and your wear. Okay. Well, how about if I uh, wanted to come in and put a stain, uh, you know, paint it, whatever, because the the concrete is not a real good concrete job. I reckon you could say it's got a lot of coloration in it. Okay. And we were thinking trying to go back with a stain, with either a stain or a um, acid step, uh, etched etch type, you know, something different oh. besides. You, to give it some color. You're going to have to take that back down to the concrete. I mean, I, I, won't, okay. dis, I won't disagree with the folks that you've already talked with. For the acid etching to work and for any staining application to work, you're going to have to go back to the bare concrete. That will get you the good results you're looking for so you don't have these ripples in the finish. The only alternative you would have right now without taking it down to the concrete that I'm aware of would be a colored sealer. And there are some of the urethane sealers that may go over what you have. You'd have to check them for compatibility. But to me, if you're looking for a good long-term finished product, I'd still be taking it down to the concrete, doing it the way I want it, and say, now I don't have to mess with it other than some normal maintenance going forward. Okay, because we, we've tried adding adding to it, and it uh, for some reason it just wants to peel up. It'll flake off the top of what's already yep. in place and what's cured. Yep. That's why I said you would have to mask off an area, still take it down to the concrete to do it right, but it's not going to bond to itself. Right. That's. I mean, they even came in and put some acetate on it to loosen up the layer that was already there, and and then come back over it. They thought it would, you know, bond once the other got loosened up, and it just became a gummy mess then. Well, yeah, I know you're hoping that I could give you a, a shortcut. I didn't help you with that today, but I, I did at least confirm that you're on the right track, and I support what the folks you've talked with have, are uh, telling you. That's kind of what I figured. Well, okay, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, and good okay. luck. Okay, bye. Appreciate your call. Don't forget, you can always reach Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And when you're out and about picking up your materials for those jobs you're going to be working on this weekend, we always do encourage you to look for those products that are made right here in the U.S. of A. And that becomes easier and easier for us to find those products. You don't have to ask the sales clerk anymore, is this made in America? Because you're going to find, in many cases, the good old USA flag actually on the boxes, and in other cases, you're you're going to see a little flag by some of the product on the sales stickers. A lot of merchants recognize the value to those of us in this country of Made in America products. Many, if not all, I can't say all, but at least many, maybe most, of the people that we bring to air have American-made products, and those are the ones, frankly, that we're really seeking out. We're doing our part, too, as a builder in the industry to do what we can to keep Americans employed and to keep these factories working and not idle. And, folks, if you're willing to invest your dollar for American-made products, you're going to find two things that may have been missing in many years. One, you're going to find value. It's back in the market. Good value. You're going to find high-quality products that exceed what we have thought were good products coming from other places around the, the, the world. So give the American-made products a shot. Help keep people employed. Those dollars come back to help you where you live. Yeah, and those folks are 
eager for your business also, you'll find they'll be willing in some cases to move mountains to do business with you. It is amazing the kind of deals that can be cut today and for contractors, developers, builders, even for homeowners on American-made products, even though you're only buying something for your use, you'll find it works. That'll wrap up this hour of Ken the Contractor along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. I'm Jim Britt. Thanks for joining us this hour. And don't forget, you can always reach Ken if you have a question about your home inside or out at 800-614-2975 or email your questions to our website, kenthecontractor.com. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. Every weekend at this time, Ken the Contractor, Ken Patterson is here taking your calls. Don't forget, you can friend Ken on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow him on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you're looking for home improvement information at any time, go to KenTheContractor.com.